Welcome to the Sports Corner Podcast, episode 89. That's right, we're closing in on 100 quick and fast. You won't want to miss that one, I guarantee it. Tonight, we're breaking down the Big Ten Conference as we get day by day closer to the kickoff of the next college football season. We're also going to talk about Kale Gundy at Oklahoma, just briefly catch you up on that. All of that and more on tonight's episode. Steven, how are you? Good. What's what's going on for the hundredth episode? I don't know don't yet, but they're it. not going to want to miss it. <laughs> Fair enough. I like it. You know what they're not going to want to miss, Stephen? Let's just Tonight's lead episode? off with this tonight's episode. You definitely don't want to miss. No, you don't want to miss out, dear listener, on your chance yeah. to win a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card that you can use on anything you want at Amazon.com. Especially $25 and less. I mean, you can use it on stuff $25 and more, but you're on the hook for anything over that $25. But you can win a $25 gift card to Amazon. All you got to do is enter the contest to win. So how do you enter this contest to win? Well, here's what you got to do. You have to rate this podcast five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Spotify, for example. Stitcher, places like that. And then once you have rated those five stars, take a screenshot and either tweet that to us at SportsCorner865, where you can even message our private uh, personal accounts. Those are on the screen and in the show notes. You can also um, email it to us, SportsCornerKnox at gmail.com. That's in the show notes. Um, I check it. Don't worry. That's also in the Twitch chat. You can check that out. Uh, And then also... You can uh, drop it in our Discord. So if you're not in the Discord, that link is also in the chat. It's also in the show notes. There is a channel in the Discord called, yes, you guessed it, Contest. And you just upload that screenshot there. This way we know who is who. And on my birthday and a few days before Stephen's birthday, September 5th, we will draw a winner for this contest. We've had a couple of entries already, Stephen. Have we? We've oh, had one. Uh, well, they've just been five star reviews. No actual, no actual, no actual text accompaniment. Born. Well, they've both been on Spotify reviews so far, and um, well, now's another time to plug real quick. Mm-hmm. If you a give the five star review, you do yeah. get entered into the chance to win the thirty five dollar gift card. But b if you leave that on iTunes, then yeah. We will read it. Live we read it. Hundred percent. We will read as long as it's as long as it's not going to get me banned from Twitch or fired from my job. I will read your review live on air. Less I don't worried care. about your job than the Twitch thing, right? Well, now that we stream on Facebook as well, I got to be a little more concerned. I mean, about no, it. very worried about next job. That's the most important thing. This can't podcast. find us on Spotify. We should be. So there was like we were doubled up on Spotify for a while because Spotify's RSS feed was weird, um, and our previous podcast host. Um, suddenly went out of business. Mine so, have not been real. <laughs> I can usually find us when I just search the Sports Corner, but if you search Sports Corner 865, you should be able to find us there. But we are we are wonky on Spotify a little bit. We're kind of new on Spotify. And so because of that, we don't have many reviews on Spotify, so they can only leave a star ranking at this point. I don't think you can actually... And that might be a Spotify thing in general, that you can only leave a star rating and not write stuff. I don't know that I've ever been oh. able to write a review. But either way... 
That would be appreciated. It helps us grow the show. You could win money. Win-win for everyone. uh, Other than, you know, me who is, you know, putting up the $25. So let me go through a couple Uh, of quick announcements before we jump into it. If you donate $25 to the cause, Mm -hmm. you'll get a $50 gift card. Yeah. You know, and I know we have doctors that listen to this show. We have lawyers that listen to this show. People that make more money than pastors that listen to this show. So, huh? Is that real? Is that real? Well, yeah, well, Face is a uh, lawyer. He listens. My good mean? friend Jeff is a doctor. He listens, or at least stops in the chat sometimes. Uh, all right. By the way, so that is where you can find us. We are live on Twitch and Facebook Monday nights at around 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We're also on your favorite podcast app no later than Tuesday morning. We're also on social media uh, on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Corner 865 I'm Pastor Nick 86. Steven is Stephen McCoy 23. Join the Discord. That's already there in the show notes. That's a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, to preview the next few weeks, we have three more previews for the conferences. We have the Big Ten tonight. We have the mm-hmm. Big 12 next week. We will close with the SEC. And then, uh, I believe, we have, uh, we have our friend signed up. Um, but the week of... Uh, September 5th? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. The week before that. The 29th. Okay. 29th. It's the week before the first real week of college football. There's like that week zero thing they started doing, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but the week before that, we will do a Tennessee preview with our good friend, um, our orange tinted glasses buddy. Okay. Um, I believe he signed up. We will have to confirm all of that still. Um, sure. But then after that, we will get into season time and we'll have our normal season show. Normal kind of breaking down the season. Yeah. Yeah, we'll lay out all of that at that time. Um, I know you want to talk Kel Gundy. We'll do that next yeah. uh, real quick. <clears throat> Just to update you, um, we have talked about this at length <clears throat> and ad nauseum in the past, uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. We talked <laughs> about it a little bit last week. Uh, he was oh, given a six-game suspension. The NFL has now appealed that decision and are seeking at least a year and a fine. Uh, I don't know why they threw that in there. But at least a year and a fine. Um, so that's your. I don't understand update. because didn't the NFL appoint this person? Yeah, I'm fully convinced that what the NFL did is they said we're tired of getting raked over the coals for every one of these decisions. We're going to hire this arbiter, and whatever she decides, we'll then see how the public backlash goes. If they're all for it, then we'll just let it ride. If they are all against it, then we'll appeal it and we'll make us look like the good guys. I'm not legitimately sure they even want him suspended longer. They just want to be able to win the court of public opinion. But it doesn't make sense to me because, like, let's say, for example, that, like, okay, um, you know, I am the president of a company and one of my employees, he stole from the company and now I've got to decide what to do with him, right? Um, and so I say, you know what, I'm going to take this out of my hand. I want someone partial to do it. I'm going to bring in, Hey, even this great, they're a former detective to see if you really stole or this, you know, whatever. And then they come to me and they said, yeah, I found him guilty and he definitely stole. And I recommend that you, you know, suspend him for three months, no pay. He'll learn his lesson. Come back. Like if it, then I can say, no, he stole from me. He gets fired. Right, like I get the final say because I hired you to conduct this interview yeah. and to make a ruling. But like I feel like as the NFL, they had final say on that ruling, and yet like I mean you're hundred percent right. They did this to let someone else take the blame and then come back and look like we actually care. But I'm like, why did you accept that person's 
sentencing them. Like, there's no way that you literally just said, we're going to let them make the call and then we have to appeal it. Like, why? They're not a, that person's not a governing body. Why do you have to appeal this ruling? (laughs) You can just say, oh, thank you for that. We're going to dismiss your recommendation and go for a full year. It's, it's the bizarre. It's the best part is, (laughs) is Godot was like, hey, I want this out of my hands so I don't have to make the decision. Oh, we're going to appeal. And if we win the appeal, then the league commissioner gets to make the final ruling, which, which is, is what it would have been before. Roger Goodell. So yeah, it's all done. It is. Uh, uh, you know, the only thing that is more insane than that whole thing, the Kale Gundy situation. No, good, good segue. But I was going to stay with Deshaun Watson for five more seconds. The uh, only thing crazier than this whole NFL name someone to make the decision and now is appealing the decision is that Deshaun Watson, who is in all this trouble for misconduct related especially to massage therapist, is now in Cleveland where the National Convention of Massage Therapists yeah, Convention yeah, is news, being held. The news you can't make up. There it is. Can't make End it of this up. month. So <clears throat> Just, at least he's very remorseful per Jimmy Haslam. Sure. Um, even though he said he did nothing wrong two weeks ago. Right. Uh, yeah. moving on. Kel Gundy. All right, Kel Gundy. So, so a lot of our listeners are probably not gonna know who Kel Gundy is, especially yeah, if yeah. you're you know, if you're an OU fan or maybe like really big in recruiting in the Big 12, you probably heard that name. Some of yeah. you casual fans have probably just heard the name today because it's been all over Twitter and all other sports over uh, news. I don't want to go into speculation, Stephen. I just really want yeah. to cover this like it's a news event um, yeah. in a very unbiased way because I think we're, we're about 24 hours to the dot from when his resignation was first announced. And I just yeah. feel like we have a full enough story, although we've got right. more now than we did. So, um, well, next week's the Big Twelve preview. So, sure, we'll, we'll probably get um, some more, and we can talk about will, it when we get it. I'll give you the breakdown since you are more of the um, expert on the matter. Okay. So, um, Kel Gundy is the wide receivers coach at Oklahoma. He may have another fancier title as well, but no, basically for, that's it. His purposes, he's the yeah. off, uh, he's the uh, wide receivers coach. He's been there for. Lord, 30 years in some capacity almost? Yeah, right? he played there um, and then was gone for a couple of years. And then he's been back for like 24, 26 years on yeah. staff in a very, in variety of roles. Yeah. So he releases a statement this morning, yesterday, somewhere. It was like last timeline. night, right around, right around um, four hours ago. So that says that he has resigned effective immediately and that he, was, um, he has resigned because he was in a meeting room with his players and he... Uh, one of the players is not paying attention. He went and took his iPad and he read a, a statement or read a text or something. We don't know what it was. Read something off of the iPad that contained a word that was, and I forget how we described it, but basically it contained a word that he should not be using, never should be using. We do not know what the word was. We have spec, you know, everybody has speculated on what the word was. Most people. Sure. Are pretty confident they know. We what the we was. know we do know from what he said in his release, and then what was said in um, both of Brent Venables, who's the head coach at Oklahoma's release, that it is a racial word, yes. a, a racially charged word that is unacceptable in all circumstances. So, yes. if you need to draw any further emphasis of what that would be, you go for it. But it's all but certain of what that <laughs> word was. But go right. ahead. So he says that he read it off. His statement, to me, I inferred that he read it, he realized his mistake, he apologized in the moment, everybody there understood that, you know, it was circumstantial, it was not intended with malintent, anything like that, but then it just kind of, I don't know, kept getting coals thrown on the fire from there, 
leading to Brent Venables releasing a statement explaining more of what happened. Uh, I believe he said that he read it over and over again. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, it happened last week, and according to uh, two uh, Kel Gundy's statement, he said, um, Notice players distracted. I picked up his iPad and read aloud the words that were written on the screen. The words displayed had nothing to do with football. Uh, one particular word that I should never, under any circumstance, have uttered was displayed on that screen. In that moment, I did not even realize what I was reading, and as soon as I did, I was horrified. Um, yes. To be clear, the words that I read aloud from that screen were not my words, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, um, so he kind of says that. He kind of explains and not justifies what he said, but gives context to what he said. Sure. Right? Like, I didn't realize what I was doing. As soon as I did, I realized I was wrong. Right. Well, the statement from ben, from uh, Brent Venables, the head coach at, at Oklahoma, reads, um, Coach Gundy resigned from the program because he knows what he did was wrong. He chose to read aloud to his players, not once but multiple times, a racially charged word that is a that is objectionable to everyone and does not reflect the attitude and values of our university or our football program. Um, there's more to that statement. Feel free to go on Twitter. It's sure. everywhere. Um, so a very different tone than what Kel Gundy statement said. Well, right? and it's it's even a different. This that was the second Brent Venables uh, statement on the subject. He released one initially that was kind of like, you know, we appreciate. Um, Kale taking responsibility and you know being remorseful and showing leadership to step away. He's a you know high moral character guy. Got to get him. You know it's kind of just the yeah. basic PR stuff. And then yeah, the coach, second coach one was oh. yeah. And then there was just so much backlash. And again, I don't want to go into much speculation, but you know you had a ton of former and even current OU players saying, "Listen, we um, we support him. He's like." Someone that's been such a mentor to us. He's helped me in every area of my life. Like, I just don't believe that he did this with malintent or racial thing. And, and you know, we have Brandon in the chat saying, you don't accidentally repeat that word. And I understand that. Unless you're sitting there and I pick up your phone and I read that tweet or that, you know, text message or that whatever you just wrote. And if if a you read a two-sentence thing and that word showed up two or three times in that sentence, I can understand you reading that full thing before, like, processing. Especially if, you know... You're fired up, and I don't know if he was fired up or not. Like he's obviously trying to get this player's attention. Oh, yeah, we don't know. Tell me what what's so said. important that you're not paying attention to this film thing? Let's see what yeah. it is, and you read it off real quick, and then you're like, "Oh crap! What did I just do?" Yeah. Um. And so, but again, I don't want to get into the speculation of it. I think what what can definitely uh be said about it is that it's it's terrible that someone who has been coaching and impacting players lives for 20 plus years um is is that of a job that is unfortunate however i um you know i appreciate one of two things happened here either he legitimately said this is something that can cause division that can cause people even if they say they don't hold this against me that they'll never view me the same they'll never respect me the same and they'll never respect this university the same and i'm going to step away for the betterment of that and the betterment of me and my family or maybe someone behind the scenes, whether that's Venables or someone in the OU higher up, said, "Dude, you're out of here." Um, you know, but either way, yeah. it's, it's it's terrible that he's lost his job, but it's yeah. also terrible that you know that this might have caused harm to people. And so, uh, one can argue whether it's the right decision or wrong decision. That's not up for us in this moment to decide. Maybe when we have more information, um, right? But yeah, the only. Only other caveat there, and it's it's very different things, but it it brings a different 
light to the Jeff Levy hire. Oh, yeah. They have chosen to take the moral high ground here after... And again, it's very different topics, right? Racially charged versus um, sexual assault. Very different topics, but still, to choose the moral high ground here and firing an assistant coach while you've hired somebody who has never really shown any remorse for what happened at Baylor certainly just seems... I don't know, very glass housey to me. Well, they are different, and I'm not going to excuse one over the other, but, you know... I, it's I'm been working, years. I'm, I'm working on... Saying. Yeah, it has. So maybe maybe he's changed, although he never has addressed the issues from, TC, right. or from uh, Baylor. So, whatever. At the end of the day, you know, you can't... Oh, you can't take the moral high ground if they say we forced Gundy out while we welcomed in Levy with open arms. Right, right like... And we... I we understand. Have no proof, that's why. No, I, I know, so. I know. So again, I don't want to get into speculation. Needless to say, that is the big news of the day. So if people are talking about it tomorrow. Yeah. That is at least the gist of it. Is um, according yeah. to everyone that I've seen, um, you know, no one is disputing that he read this off, you know, off of an iPad. He didn't say it on his own. He didn't blurt it out, kind of thing. It was him reading. Now, whether or not you know you're like, hey, dude, how do you say it multiple times accidentally? That's a good point and something worth considering. Um, yeah. But uh, resigned There's going to be going to be a lot more come out about this. Sure. We will keep you all updated as we try to do with any major hot topic. Um, and you know, if we know more next week, we'll talk about next week. It may be weeks or months or or never. You know, we may never. We may yeah. never truly know. Um, but regardless, Kel Gundy is out as the wide receivers. Great coach. recruiter, by the way. So yes, be interesting Amir- to see if um, if he. And winds up the season starts. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, in case you, the name Gundy sounds familiar, he is the brother of Oklahoma State yes. head coach Mike Gundy. So I'll be <laughs> interested to see if, as the weeks go by, maybe next year or something like that, if he doesn't end up either there or maybe helping out at Kentucky with Mike Stoops. Obviously, Gundy's got a huge connection to the Stoops family. Um, yeah, so. I, you know, there. I think eventually we'll get some more um, clarity on the situation if. For another reason, as I, I imagine Kel Gundy wants to get back in coaching somewhere, yeah. there's going to be questions asked um, of this situation at some point, and I imagine eventually we'll get some more information. Hey, if the Jeff Levies of the world get a second chance to get hired somewhere, then by golly, the Kel Gundy's better too. So Yeah, I agree. All that's right. That's all I guess about that. Moving right, on. Let's talk about the Big Ten. All right. That is, uh, this is the, I guess, the second best conference in most people's eyes. Yep. I'd agree um, with that. So give me a recap of what happened last season. For those of you that don't know, we'll do a quick. So we, we recap last year. We introduced some new faces. Then we'll kind of go through the conference as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, give for sure. Um, so let's recap a little bit of what happened last year. Michigan, not picked by either of us, by the way, in the preseason you know, build up last year. Michigan goes on to win the conference. They crushed Iowa 42 to three Iowa, by the way, not a bad team at all. Um, Iowa's 10 and two heading into that game versus Michigan end of the season, 10 and four. They lost to Michigan and then also lost their bowl game to Kentucky. Uh, Michigan finally beats Ohio state, not just beats them, but beats them big 42 to 27. Uh, their only loss during the season was to Michigan State, so that's an in-state rivalry. Uh, and so they lost to Michigan State, and then they also lose to Georgia in the playoffs by a score of 34-11. Uh, to 11. 
Um, Ohio State, the other big – no, no, it wasn't. But, you know, and I I have this somewhere else in my notes. I don't remember exactly where, but um, uh, I guess it's probably just in the playoff contenders from last year. Obviously, Michigan made it. So um, we both said last year that that Georgia defense was probably the best defense we had seen in our lifetimes and could be argued if it was one of the best defenses in, you know, the history of college football. So – no surprise that they weren't able to put up big points, but they put up uh, a uh, you know a, a couple of points uh, on them. So, um, so that was it. The other big team that everyone really cares about in the Big Ten, obviously, is Ohio State. They finished the season eleven and two. So obviously, they came up short where they wanted to, but still had a good overall season. As far as Heisman finalists, Heisman contenders, obviously the big name from the Big Ten last year was Aiden Hutchinson. He was the DE from Michigan. He got uh, invited to New York for that. He finished second, uh, very distant second, obviously. Your Heisman winner there from Alabama, Mr. Young, just by and far, you know, dominated that vote. But uh, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson had the second most first place votes and uh, was a second place finalist there. Um, also, though, not invited to New York, but he finished sixth, um, a fifth or sixth, I think, uh, in the uh, Heisman voting was Kenneth Walker. He was a running back from MSU, sixth. Michigan, uh, and he was also drafted sixth by the Seahawks. So, or drafted, yeah. no, I'm sorry, he finished sixth in the Heisman voting. He was drafted by the Seahawks, not fifth, though. <laughs> uh, drafted no. a little, lot later than that, but was drafted yes. nonetheless, so... Um, both of those Heisman finalists from the previous year are uh, are gone. They're both playing in the NFL or at least trying to make the rosters there. Um, playoff contenders from last year, Iowa had an outside shot to make the playoffs. Had they beat Michigan, probably wouldn't have, but there was a chance depending on how things shook out. Uh, Michigan was the best shot uh, to make the playoffs, and indeed they did with that win over Iowa, especially since they did so so handedly. Uh, and so, again, we just mentioned it there, so I don't have to go into big detail. Their offense looked pretty lackluster against Georgia, but, um, you know, no surprise against Georgia's defense. Georgia, of course, went on to win the championship and played extremely well. So, you know, uh, Michigan definitely outperformed what I expected last year. Yeah, Michigan outperformed what I think a lot of people expected last year. I don't have it in front of me, but I will look for it. Um and see what they were projected to finish last year. Um, people, you know, people have expected a lot from the Harbaugh era, um, but it's taken a long time to really get going. So, if you're a Michigan fan, it was good to see last year. Um, I think, unless you just really wanted them gone to start the new regime, and I understand that too. Um, but yeah, Michigan outperformed everybody. They finally beat Ohio State, like you mentioned, and. They got some monkeys off the back. And, you know, we had said for a long time, both on this show and then just in private messages, is like, how long is Michigan going to continue to play this Harborough experiment? And we both kept wondering, is it is it too long? Has he proven he's not going to get it done? And then we looked at some other teams that had really stuck out with some coaches over a longer tenure and eventually saw success in... Obviously, one year, as we'll look at and talk about with some of these other teams in the conference, one year can't be the sole defining thing. You can't say Michigan's got to figure it out. Harbaugh's got to figure it out. He's going to be a dynasty guy now. Maybe that was a one-year fluke. Um, but obviously, you can't have the dynasty without the first year. So we'll check back you know, at the end of this season and maybe the end of the next two or three seasons to see what old Jimmy Harbaugh was doing. But um, obviously, he ended the season... 
about where he wanted to. Obviously, he would have loved to gotten a little, you know, win that game, win, win one or two more there at the end of the season. But going from where you were to what you've done was impressive. Cooled the seat down a lot. Yeah, it's cooled the seat off. Um, and, you know, speaking of hot seats and some coaches there, um, yeah. no new coaches to report. Not a single in the new coach. That's nope. impressive. Yeah. So uh, 14 coaches mm-hmm. came into last season. Those 14 coaches come into All this survived. season. So All survived. With that, are there any mm-hmm. coaches you think might be on the hot seat heading into this season? I think I think there will be several that surprise me that end up on the hot seat because we do see some universities pull the trigger a lot quicker than I expect sometimes. With that said, I think there are two that you can keep your eye on, especially. Number one is, I think, no surprise here, Scott Frost. Um, His main benefit here is that he is an alum of Nebraska where he is now coaching, and that is buying him a lot of grace. That is buying him a lot of time. And I don't necessarily fault Nebraska for this, but there is no doubt that, um, that he is on the hot seat, and there's no doubt that a lot of Nebraska people are ready to cut ties. I mean, he had to take a pay cut this past year to basically get this next year and to be able to keep paying some of his assistance. So things are not good when you have to willingly or basically beg to take a pay cut so that they keep you around. He is 15 and 29 as the head coach of those good old Cornhuskers. And in my opinion, I think the OU game is going to be... I wrote in the notes the deciding factor, but that's not necessarily... I don't necessarily think he'll be fired if he loses the OU game, but I think the the fate of that OU game, or the final score of that OU game, will seal his fate at some point. If he wins that game, he might buy himself another year, unless he just goes and craps the bed in conference play, of course. But if he loses that game, again, unless the inverse, unless he just goes and somehow runs the conference, um, then I think he's gone. If not right after that... By the end of the season, I just think that that OU game will be a telling tale for his future at Nebraska. Yeah, Scott Frost, and I'll get into him some more later. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here. Um, it's a it's a put up or shut up year for him. Yeah. Um, just to kind of close out the Michigan talk, Vegas last year going into the season had their win total over under anywhere between six and eight. Uh, kind of steadied out somewhere around seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And so um, Vegas normally doesn't miss by that much. So yeah, big um, miss. Seven and a half wins to what? They win twelve games. Is that right? Yeah. So twelve and um, two. Yeah. Anybody else on the hot seat for you? The only one, I, the one I really put on was Tom Allen, and I don't know him or Indiana enough to Tom Allen. Didn't he yeah, have a show? He, uh, uh, tool, tool time. Yes, that's what you're thinking of for yeah. sure. I uh, know that that's his brother, Tim, uh, okay. no, Tom Allen, uh, you know, things look to be going in the right direction, uh, into the season. They had a winning season the previous two years, the COVID year before this year, they were six and one. So they looked really good. They had back to back bull births. There was some excitement in this program. Um, and they even entered last season in the top 25, which come on, you're Indiana. That doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, so there's just a lot of buzz, and then they end up by going two and ten last year, winless in the conference. I didn't write down who those two wins were. I looked them up earlier today, but they were they were nobody schools. I think one of them was, um, you know, oh, I don't even remember now. They were not good schools. Like Idaho, I think was one of them, and I don't remember who the other one was. So, um, I see you trying to frantically look it up, although you're muted. I think. Are you trying to mute it? Idaho? 
Yeah. 56 to 14. Mm-hmm. They beat Western Kentucky 33 to 31. Western Kentucky, Western yeah, Kentucky so. actually turned out to be okay. Yeah. Um, but still. Uh, 24 to nothing, lost to Penn State. Right. 34 to 6, lost to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, 54 to 7 to Ohio State. Woof. Yeah. No, um, it wasn't a good season uh, for them. So we'll see what Indiana does. I just think that that quick drop off for Tom could yeah. not be good. But honestly, you know, I was looking through a lot of the other coaches. And again, there are several that did not perform as well as their universities would. But there are a lot that are just the conference is just really hovers in mid tier. I mean, really, they do. You yeah. got those two or three teams that are really good. But you have a lot of teams that just kind of beat up on each other. Um, but do enough that they're staying bowl eligible. They're coaches who are, you know, slightly improving from year to year. And uh, any school can, you know, cut ties with someone over no reason at all. But um, really, yeah. those two, I think, are the two that are Scott Frost's other... seat very hot. We're going to call him Scott yeah. DeFrost, you know, soon. Yeah. Mike Loxley at Maryland, you know, a lot of, a lot of early promise for him kind of faded. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think he's really in the hot seat yet, but he is bad enough this year. I could see them making a move. Uh, Brett Bielema's not been very good at Illinois. Uh, Shiano, they seem to love him there, but, I mean, he's not really producing. I mean, it is Rutgers, I guess, so you got that. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, Mel Tucker just got paid a billion dollars, so I doubt yeah, he's going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Um, Pat Fitzgerald, who mm-hmm. they've been terrible the last few years, but he's a god to them. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then from there, I mean, it's the kind of the bigger name. So I think you're right. Tom Allen is an outside chance. I do think Scott Frost is the one to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tom Allen, Indiana, they also lost Michael Penix, right? I believe, yeah. Uh-huh. Michael Penix, yeah. Uh, he's up at Washington, Washington yep. State. Mm-hmm. Somewhere out in Pac-12 where he will be forgotten about and move on into Come a on, he'll get uh, Pac-12 after dark or something. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, any transfers of note for the Big Ten Conference? You know, the one that I found, or two that I really kind of found, was one was more total numbers. Uh, Michigan State had eight transfers coming in, um, five of them being fairly impactful. They have uh, a tight end, Daniel Barker from Illinois, a defensive end, Chris Boggle from Florida, uh, a running back from Colorado, a linebacker from Mississippi State, and then a guard center from Washington State. So it was more about just building their team and yeah. really kind of shoring up some places through Quantity the transfer. Quality. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there were no big names there. Good but, players, but... Yeah, they're fine. Not, I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, and then no I just found this one of note. Uh, Nebraska replacing their quarterback, Adrian Martinez, who, by the way, was a five-star that just never panned out. Was that because he was improperly ranked or because Scott Frost ruined that kid? I don't know. Yes. You could have seen him at Tennessee and... Maybe he'd have been different, uh, although and not we really with you in Tennessee. That's true. <laughs> um, but Nebraska does replace Adrian Martinez with a Texas transfer by the name of uh, Casey Thompson. Yeah. How um, do you think he'll do there? Uh, you'll have to wait and see. Well, I mean, you, you just may. know Casey Thompson. Like, do you think he's? Uh, no, no, I'm saying he's a good player. Have to wait until later. Oh, you're going to bring this up later. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. in our Heisman hopefuls, you're going to put him on there. I might. You never okay. Know. Okay. Um, yeah, Adrian Martinez off to Kansas State. Well, we'll mention him next week probably. Yeah. Um, I think the offense at Kansas State fits him much better than Scott Frost's offense did mm-hmm. at um, Nebraska. Whether that be uh, any number of reasons. So yeah, a um, lot of lot of movement 
on the player side, not a lot of movement on the coaching side. Yeah, and there there are a lot of other transfers. I found a on three. I guess that's is that a fairly new. Yes. That's new and it's becoming it's, very popular. It, a I've, lot I've read people, a lot of their articles. It seems to be good. Yeah. Well done. A lot of people have left um, other, you know, like twenty four seven and mm-hmm. um, rivals and a lot of those sites. And on three is kind of building um, a pretty good little uh, little group there. Yeah, um, they have. That's uh, enough of last year. Yeah, we are moving on to this year. This is the twenty twenty two preview. That's what we care about. Looking forward. That's what baby. you guys are here for. Uh, we'll start with the bottom feeders, um, as we do every week. I have Rutgers, Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois. Just don't have a lot going on there. You could put Nebraska there. You could put Nebraska in the middle of the road. They kind of teeter back and forth. Uh, middle of the road, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan State, Penn State. Again, I don't list everybody. I just mention some of the bigger names. Sure, sure. Um, and then for me, I have three contenders, kind of. Um, okay. And so I'll I'll actually go in depth there. Any any changes you would make to bottom feeders or middle of the road? Oh no, those seem about right. I would. Okay. Um, you don't you make oh, you a do, case. Yeah. You could make a case for Penn State to be a contender dark horse. Um, you could make a case for Iowa, Michigan State, but uh, yeah. regardless, I think there there are teams that are good enough to beat the contenders, but are also they could lose to Northwestern. So sure, and you just never really know. Um, but my, my time of contenders, I'll start with Michigan. They did win the conference last year, so mm-hmm. I feel like you have to put them first. Sure. So we've been quite harsh on old khaki pants, mm-hmm. um, and rightfully so, I will yep. say. You know, I don't think we've been unfair in our criticism in the past. No. no. But Harbaugh did finally get Michigan across the finish line into the promised land there. They finally beat our travel Ohio State for the first mm-hmm. time in, like, 57 years. Feels like um, it. Probably not accurate, but. It, certainly it was first away. time in old Harvard was tenure at least. Yeah, so exactly. That's been a while. Um, and then the, they went on to win the Big Ten championship, mm-hmm. and then they yeah. earned a bid to the college football playoff. So yep. everything's coming up rosy for old Harbaugh there. Um, they're once again um, a favorite to win the crowd. I don't think they're the favorite, but mm-hmm. they're in the top um, you know, two or three options to win the conference there. But they do have some work to do. So they lose both defensive ends from last season. You mentioned this earlier, including the number two overall pick in Hayden Hutchinson, who's off to the Lions, where I'm sure they will ruin his career. Poor thing. Yep. Um, and they also have to replace both coordinators. So their offense coordinator is off to Miami. We mentioned that last week. Their defensive coordinator heads to the NFL. I don't know what capacity. Um, on offense, they do return two quarterbacks that played last year, Cade McNamara, who I believe is from the state of Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm pretty sure his brother plays for a team out of Nashville. Um, and J.J. McCarthy. They also bring back two potentially elite running backs, um, one of which is a Heisman hopeful in Blake Corum. He had 1,100 yards and 12 total touchdowns last year. Um, okay. My second contender, um, outside shot, I would say. Um, but the Big Ten West is wide open. But Paul Christ is going to look to take Wisconsin and capitalize on the unknown um, and get back to the Big Ten for the first time since 2018. So they were down a little bit last year, um, but they do have another um, highly rated quarterback prospect, um, similar to Adrian Martinez and Graham Mertz. He hasn't finally put it all together. He's shown bits and pieces. People have been very high on him. We'll see if, uh, if he can finally lead them to where Wisconsin wants to go. And then, to me, the favorite this year, Ohio State. They had the best coach in the conference. I don't think that's really up for debate. They had the best roster in the conference. Not really up for debate. And they have the best quarterback by far in the conference. <clears throat> Do we really need to say any more? 
So probably yeah. not, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to because you know it's a podcast. So it's a podcast. Quarterback CJ Stroud is my favorite for the Heisman. I'll get into that more later. Not just for the conference. Um, you're saying favorite overall. Yeah, yeah. I think CJ Stroud is my Heisman favorite. Like if I had yeah. to bet it today, I would take CJ Stroud. You remember that um, last year's Heisman winner is playing again this year, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and I'll get into that later. Sure. And he does lose two first round wide receivers mm-hmm. uh, in um, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. But he's not exactly hurting for help. They do return wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns last year. And he is back and looking to be the clear number one option. I mean, we they said also, all of last year that they had the most talented receiving oh, yeah. And I would say they lost two great ones. But, yeah, I think you're right, man. I think they're, you know, you're probably. I think the best one is still, is still there. I think this guy is the best of that bunch. Yeah. And. They have they have talent. They got some talent, talent coming out. Yeah, for sure. They're going to be stacked at wide receiver again. And then they also have their um, their you know their stud running back Travion yeah. Henderson. He was a mm-hmm. freshman All American last year. He had twelve hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns as a true freshman. Kind of burst onto the scene out of nowhere. I mean, he was a highly rated guy, but nobody expected those kind of numbers. And then on the other side of the ball, Coach Ryan Day goes out and he hires Oklahoma State's defense coordinator Jim Knowles to try to steady the tide uh, for the defense. Um, so they ranked eighth in the Big Ten in total defense last year. Now that's deceiving. The Big Ten does have 14 teams now. So um, that was right in the just under the middle of the pack there. Um, but I think if they can move into the top five, Ohio State should find themselves firmly in the playoff hunt once again. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people might scratch their head and say you hire someone from the Big 12 to come run your defense. But Knowles was very respected in the Big 12. He was a very loved character at Oklahoma State. I remember when that hire first happened or when it was rumored, you know, that was going down. I mean, people, like, launched websites of, like, bring back Knowles or keep Knowles.com yeah. or something. Like, I mean, they Oklahoma State fans... Mm-hmm. We're not happy to lose him. Good recruiter, um, just a real genuine person, from what I understand. And I think will be a good fit up at Ohio State. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean he's responsible for what Oklahoma State was last year. I yeah, mean, yeah. Um, Gundy's an offensive guy, and he knows it. And so, right. So he's just kind of giving Jim Knowles full reign, and yeah, that defense last year was very, very good. All right, go ahead and tell me: Are there any dark horses that we should keep our eyes on? I have two. Okay. Um, the first one is a true dark horse, I think, for the conference. I have Purdue. So you, Purdue had their what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Purdue had their best finish since 2003 last season after going an impressive nine and four. Um, I will say it should be eight and five after their controversial bowl win versus Tennessee, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, they Bullmakers do return their starting quarterback Aiden O'Connell, who threw for 3,700 yards and 28 touchdowns a season ago. Good numbers for anybody. Very good numbers for Purdue. Uh, probably something they haven't seen since Drew Brees was there. But they do have to replace their top receiver in David Bell uh, after he opted for the NFL draft. The defense will need to hold steady. They were near the top of the Big Ten last season in most of the major ca- categories. Uh, but I do think that their schedule sets up nicely for them. They avoid a lot of the, the big names, and some of their bigger games are at home. So Purdue is my dark horse to win the conference. Okay. Now I have an outside dark horse. Okay. Not necessarily to win the conference, but to okay. outperform vastly what okay. people expect. And here is where I have Nebraska. Now we've enjoyed dunking on Nebraska for the past couple of years. Scott Frost is a very easy punching bag. You know, the stories write themselves, right? Last year they go nine and three or three and nine. That's horrible. Three and nine. Um 
you mentioned Frost's record earlier. They are 15 and 29 in his time at Nebraska. Uh, most people would be fired well before this or, oh, or under yeah, that agreement, right? So the um, defense does need to improve for sure, but Frost has to get his side of the ball going, right? I mean, that's yeah. what he was known for was his offenses. So he is hoping to do that with the additions of a new offense coordinator and Mark Whipple, who led Pitt's historic offense last season. He brings in Texas quarterback transfer Casey Thompson, who did throw for 24 touchdowns last season. Um, so, again, I don't think they're going to be good enough to win it, but as this is a make-or-break year for Scott Frost at Nebraska, he's going to have to get the ship right. It's going to have to start early. He's going to have to not only win, but win big in some of these games. Um, the writing's on the wall for him. He knows it. Everybody knows what's happening in Nebraska. And so um, if they can get the ship righted, you know, if these guys are still bought into his program, then Nebraska could be a team that, you know, makes an 8-4, and 9-3 and three type, type run, has a season like Purdue did last year, and all of a sudden maybe we're talking about Nebraska just a little bit differently. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that uh, I buy it, but I'll give you credit for it. I don't it know that I buy it either, but, sure. you know. Dark Horse is a Dark Horse argument. That made a compelling argument. Yeah. All right, let's fly through the rest of this. We've got about 10 minutes here to wrap yeah. things up, put a bow Didn't on it. it. Let's look at a couple of matchups here. Uh, we've got, of course, Michigan at Ohio State. That's always a critical in-conference matchup. Uh, yeah. I believe that's November 26th. You got any thoughts on that one? Uh, I think it could get ugly. Um, okay. Last year's was kind of a shootout. Michigan kind of ran away with it late. Um, Harbaugh gets on the board. I don't think Ryan Day is super happy about that. Sure. Um, I imagine that Ohio State has this game circled even more this year than normal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so the question is, can Day get his revenge, or can Harbaugh make it two in a row? All right. What about uh, these two dark horses? They're going to go after each other, Nebraska and Purdue. What happens there? Uh, so it's a deep cut, right? Not a lot of people are probably going to tune into this game on October 15th. Uh-huh. Um, but it ultimately could decide the Big Ten West. Again, the okay. West is – the we, balance is so off yeah, in the Big it, Ten. It is, it's not it even is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think this could decide the Big Ten West. Um, this game, you know, it could allow Jeff Brom to put the final nail in Frost's cold, cold coffin. Okay. That, bad like joke, it. I know. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> And then Ohio State at Penn State, another great matchup, seems like, every year. Any particular input on this one? Uh, no. Franklin has not won this game since 2016. Uh, I feel like every year we make a huge stink about this game, right? We yeah. I hype it up, and it ends up being an Ohio State win. Sometimes it's close. Most of the time it's like, eh, Ohio State won that pretty comfortably. Yeah, no doubt. All right, there's a couple of out-of-conference matchups as well that should be pretty good to watch. One that's always worth watching is Notre Dame. Anytime they play anyone this year, they get to play Ohio State early in the season, September 3rd. Yeah. That's week one, my yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, they kick it off. Yeah. Um, what a way to start your head coaching career. You go mm-hmm. on the road to college football playoff, play at their place, opening weekend. Um, so that's what Marcus Freeman walked into. Yeah. And I uh, do think this is an early test to see what Notre Dame looks like under his guidance. Again, I'm not saying we base our sweeping decisions on this game, but, you know, if he wins it, great. I don't think that changes a lot. If he loses it, oh well. Um, I don't expect big things from Notre Dame in this game, but okay. um, Freeman has a chance to make an early statement. Yeah, that's good. That's that's a good point. Like He's got a lot that he can gain from it, but not really lose a lot. So it's kind of a win-win for him. All right, and I'm yeah. a little biased on this matchup because it is my Oklahoma Sooners, but they get to play Nebraska in mm-hmm. the second game of a back-to-back game of the century kind of rematch. It's September 17th, still fairly early in the season, but enough time for both yeah. teams to get a little bit of the kinks worked out. 
Yeah, you get to knock off the rust and beat the fool out of some no know, name road runner team. Yeah. Um, so you know this is a game. Yeah. Nebraska came down and the Huskers played OU better than most people expected last season. They did still come up short. Mm-hmm. OU did still win it, but it was close. And now Lincoln Riley has left town. He took most of his high-powered offense with him. So this is a nice early look at a Brent Benables Sooners team in action. So um, the question is, can Scott Frost come out on top of this? This could be the game he needs to launch a run at the Big Ten title game and save his job. Does Brent Venables um, take an early egg-on-the-face loss? Or... Does Brent Venables continue the reign that OU has had, make an early statement thumping Nebraska to let everybody know that, hey, Lincoln Riley might have left, but OU's here to stay? I can't figure out if um, Brent Venables' extensive knowledge of Nebraska from when he was at OU the first time will be a help or a hindrance. Yeah. Not that like I think it'll legitimately be a help or a hindrance, but like in his mind, he might be thinking, yeah. like, ah, oh, Nebraska, I got this figured yeah. out. We beat them every year. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're not a good team, but uh, they're a different team than they were back then. All right, Stephen, earlier you said that C.J. Stroud was a Heisman contender favorite for you. Justify that. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so he's my only real favorite out of the conference. Um, yeah. and I mentioned he is my favorite overall. So last season, Stroud throws for 4,400 yards and 44 touchdowns. That's Those so are good. stupid numbers, that right? That is ridiculous. Um, can I also mention he had six interceptions on the year? Yeah. 44 did, to six. How does that dude finish fourth in the Heisman <laughs> race? Uh, like, because I, I, somehow Bryce Young was better. I, no, I understand that. Like, I understand Young winning it over him. Yeah. In a sense. But, like, how does he finish fourth? I don't know. I get the what a lot of people like. It's 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 edgy to put a defensive, defensive player second player. on your on your board, right? Like you know you're not going to give him the award, so you want to be you know cool and and stick him number two on your ballot. So I get yeah. that. Where it's not really. I mean, if you asked every voter, would you rather have um whoever that guy, Aiden Four Hutchinson or CJ Stroud? They're taking CJ Stroud. Right, uh, but forty-four hundred yards and forty-four touchdowns en route to his fourth-place finish last season. Yeah. I think Stroud will be even better this season as an individual. I think his team around him will be good. I think Ohio State makes the college football playoff this year, uh, or at least has a good shot to. And so, if they are making this kind of push as a team, I think that gives Stroud an even bigger platform to launch his uh, his Heisman campaign. Um, I mentioned he is my pick for the Heisman overall. Um, and also, like I mentioned, I think voter fatigue is a thing. Okay, um, I don't think we've ever we have never seen back to back a player win back to back Heisman. So, um, you yeah, know, we're right. looking at, at Bryce Young having to just have the best season of all time yeah. in order to go back to back. So that he'd is my to, case for CJ Stroud. He'd have to have the best stats by a, quite a bit. Yeah, over another yeah, quarterback. So, or a lot of people are going to have to get hurt. All right, or well, something. you, I know, and I agree with you that Stroud is probably the most legitimate contender um, to get a Heisman win, and certainly at least an invite to New York. There's got to be a dark horse or two you're looking at, especially since you're like, oh, I'll talk more about Casey Thompson at Nebraska <laughs> later. So let me hear. I know it's coming. I'm more meant Casey Thompson is how you know they can make a, a dark horse run at the conference okay. here. All right. Um, but I, he does show up on my dark horse list. Sure. Only because if Nebraska saves Scott Frost's job, it's got to come on the back of somebody. They don't really have any running backs. Their defense sucks. They don't have any great receivers. So kind of has the default somewhere, and why not the quarterback position? So um, Thompson put together a very good statistical season last year at Texas. 
Uh, he threw for 2,100 yards and 24 touchdowns in basically eight and a half games. Um, and he was on pace for even more He if he had not injured his thumb against Oklahoma. Um, I mean, you remember what he was doing that first half against yeah. Oklahoma. Um, so he hits a helmet. He plays through the injury most of the season. That does knock him out of a couple starts. But for the most part, he plays through that injury. There were weeks, especially when it got cold, where um, they said he could not even grip the football. So he was basically just throwing with an open hand without his thumb. Um, now, the unfortunate thing last year was the stats did not translate to any wins for the Longhorns. Um, but if Thompson can stay healthy, if that thumb's healed up, and they're able to win more games, uh, again, I don't think he's going to win it. He's a dark horse for a reason. But he could sneak his way into a conversation. All right. Um, Anyone else? Yeah, I have Blake Corum, the running back at Michigan. So Corum put together a very impressive season last year, and he was the number two back for Michigan. Uh, they had a very dynamic rushing attack. So Haskins is gone. He was the, the lead back. Excuse me. And he takes his 270 rushing attempts with him. Yeah. I do think Corum gets a large chunk of those. Sure. And personally, you know, if I'm just statting it out, I think he could push for an 1,800 yards and 20 total touchdowns kind of run. He has a little bit of a receiving factor in, in him. Um, but, you know, if he puts up those numbers, if Michigan makes another playoff run, um, typically with, with anybody that's in the playoffs, you get a representative to New York, right? I mean, it was Aiden Hutchinson last year. Um, I think Quorum could earn his invite to New York. Okay. I applaud that. Right. I like it. Um, yeah. If Casey Thompson somehow gets there and wins, does Texas get to claim a share of that Heisman? Uh, no. Okay. No, no, no. They, they ran him out of town. They ran um, him out. All right, yeah, let's kinda. let's finish strong here. Let's talk about it. Whatever wants to know our picks to win the each division and to win the conference. Yeah, um, you want to go first or me to go first? Uh, no, I'm happy to go first. Um, right, I think, ahead. and we've already kind of said this more than once. Um, the Big Ten East is just absolutely stacked with teams. By the yeah. way, Call of Duty just had another update. Cool. Um, Ohio State's in the East, Michigan State's in the East, Michigan's in the East, and even Penn State, who is a very good – if Penn State was in the West, there's no denying that I would pick. Any one of those four teams, if they were in the West, I'd pick them to win yeah. over everyone else in the West. But unfortunately, they're not. They're all in there. And so this is going to be a war of attrition, plus is there a team in the West that can come and sneak a win over one of those teams while they're not necessarily expecting it. With that said – I agree with something that you said earlier, and that's that Ohio State is the most well-put-together team. Um, but they were last year, too. Still, if we're sitting here saying, what's the smart bet? right? I'm not saying what's going to happen on the field, because we all know that the reason you play the game is to see what happens on the field. But the smart bet, the smart decision would be to say Ohio State is the more experienced, more put-together, more proven team. So I think they're going to win the East. Out of the West, I, I like... Um, I like Purdue. I do. I think that Purdue, uh, again, unless they just, I, and I have to give the honest caveat, I did not have time today to go look at each one of these team schedules to see who they're playing in the East, you know, because if Purdue's got to play, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, whereas a team like Iowa gets Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana, that could drastically change things. But I'm going to say yeah. that Purdue um, is probably my favorite to come out of the West, and then I think... Purdue avoids um, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Yeah, so I think that puts Purdue in a Penn State and Nebraska. Yeah, Iowa. I think that puts them in a really good spot. I like Purdue to come out of the West. However, I think whoever comes out of the East, in my scenario, it's Ohio State. But whatever scenario it is, I think whoever comes out of the East beats whoever comes out of the West. 
uh, and I'll take Ohio State to be your conference champion. And barring something crazy uh, with the whole conference beating up on each other, that means that Ohio State will be a representative in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. So we mentioned Purdue's schedule there. Um, they miss all the big guys. Um, on the flip side, Wisconsin gets Ohio State and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska gets um, just Michigan. So yeah, Nebraska's isn't too bad. But Purdue does avoid all the, all the big guys. And really, Purdue closes with Illinois, Northwestern, Indiana. Yeah. That, that close is going to be very beneficial to them. It is. I'm sure. with you. I have Purdue out of the West. Um, oh, nice. I like that. Uh, like what they did last year, they return enough. I think um, mm. Jeff Brom seems to have things going in in the right direction at Purdue, and so uh, with that schedule, they have a chance to kind of, um, you know, even if they lose their opener to Penn State, they they can really bounce back before they play Wisconsin. So um, I like the way that their schedule plays out, and so I think Purdue gets it done out of the West, out of the East. It's Ohio State. You know, I've made the case all day for them. Um, you know, they take back the rightful throne. They win the Big Ten East. I think they embarrass Michigan along the way. I think they take out a lot of frustrations from last year. Yeah. Um, and then the Tower game, I just don't think Purdue can keep up. I think Ohio State takes the crown. They finish the season undefeated. They earn the fifth, Ooh, their undefeated. fifth college football playoff bid and the number one overall seed. Wow. So, okay. calling my shot. I'm calling an Ohio State undefeated season, and I'm calling – a uh, number one overall seed for the Buckeyes. I mean, you were calling Georgia early last year, so listen up, yep. folks. Take this take is, it. This is my this is my call right here. All um, the marbles. I'm not going out on the limb. I'm not going to say they win the uh, win the playoff. Um, I think I'll okay. save that for another day. But all right, um, I do think that they uh, they get the number one seed to the playoff. All right, I love it. Anything else we need to mention before we close out this episode? <sighs> no, just uh, see y'all next week. We'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 89 of the Sports Corner Podcast. We've been talking about the Big Ten, what to expect, what happened last year. Hey, don't forget that you can register to win a $25 Amazon gift card. Rate the podcast five stars. Take a screenshot. Get that screenshot to us via Twitter, email, or DM in our Discord, and you have the chance to win. Until next week, where we're breaking down the Big 12, that's been Steven. My name's Nick. This has been another fantastic episode of the Sports Corner Podcast. Podcast.